It's Sunday, March 26th, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. A powerful tornado killed at least 25 people as a storm ripped across Mississippi on Friday night, injuring dozens and destroying buildings across the state. Search and rescue teams from local and state agencies spread out across affected areas and helped locate some residents who were initially unaccounted for, according to the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. There were 25 storm-related deaths across four Mississippi counties, a number that could still grow, emergency officials said. The Mississippi Highway Patrol Division, based in Greenwood, said that Carroll, Montgomery, and Humphreys counties were hit by the storms. In Silver City, it's just about total destruction. I'm going to say 95% destruction, said Royce Steed, Director of Emergency Management in Humphreys County. Rolling Fork, Mississippi, a town of approximately 1,800 people in Sharkey County, about 80 miles northwest of Jackson, also suffered extensive damage. In other news, Vice President Kamala Harris will try to deepen and reframe U.S. relations in Africa during a week-long trip that is the latest and highest-profile outreach by the Biden administration as it moves to counter China's growing influence. Harris plans to visit Ghana, Tanzania, and Zambia, focusing on economic development, climate change, food security, and a rising youth population. A centerpiece of Harris's trip will be a speech in Accra, Ghana's capital city, and a visit to Cape Coast Castle, where enslaved Africans were once loaded onto ships for America. Harris also plans to meet with leaders of each country she visits and lay a wreath to commemorate the 1998 bombing of the U.S. Embassy in Dar es Salaam, the capital of Tanzania. The hope, administration officials said, is to portray Africa as a place for investment, not just aid packages, a theme that Harris emphasized in December during a U.S.-Africa summit in Washington. Around the world, the commander-in-chief of Ukraine's armed forces, General Valery Zaluzny, said the front lines around the eastern city of Bakhmut were stabilizing after months of grueling combat as Western officials and analysts say Russia's offensive there is losing momentum. While there have been fewer clashes in Bakhmut in recent days, a spokesman for the Ukrainian military's Eastern Command said it was too soon to conclude Russia's offensive there had run out of steam. Russian forces have moved to encircle Bakhmut in recent weeks while also intensifying attacks across the broader front line in eastern Ukraine, putting Kyiv on the defensive after a string of victories last year. Meanwhile, Israel's Defense Minister Yov Gallant called on Saturday for Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's judicial overhaul plan to be delayed, saying it was causing a deep rift in society that was becoming a threat to the country's security. Mr. Gallant is the most senior member of Mr. Netanyahu's Likud party to call to delay passing the legislation. Three other Likud lawmakers on Saturday also called for delaying a vote on the overhaul, raising questions as to whether the prime minister has the votes necessary to pass the plan that has sharply divided the country. Mr. Netanyahu said this week that he planned to bring a key part of the plan up for a vote next week. The lawmakers did not explicitly say they would vote against the bill, but if they did, Mr. Netanyahu wouldn't have enough votes for the legislation to pass. Mr. Gallant said he broadly supported judicial reform, but that the country's political crisis had shaken Israel's military and was threatening Israeli security. Back in the U.S., the United Auto Workers elected reform candidate Sean Fain as its next leader, according to Mr. Fain and his opponent, 
marking an upheaval in the union's top ranks and creating a wild card for automakers ahead of contract talks in Detroit. Mr. Fain, a 54-year-old who started his career as an electrician and rose through the UAW ranks while working at factories now owned by Stellantis NV, has struck a more strident tone ahead of negotiations later this year. His reform group has vowed to not give any concessions to the car companies and raised the possibility of a strike when contracts expire this fall. Mr. Fain declared victory on Saturday, narrowly defeating incumbent Ray Curry. It is the first time in more than 70 years that a challenger defeated a presidential candidate from the UAW's longtime ruling party. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. Share this with a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.